This is Live Booleans, where Costa and Alex chat about, well, game dev things. Video games, dev culture, tech, game design, events, and all the other stuff they love to nerd out on. So, thanks for tuning in. Hello, welcome everyone to Live Booleans episode 10. Episode this time 10. Around. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Alex. Hey everyone. And today we have a special guest, uh, Tony Lawrence from Mighty Kingdom. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, guys. Really, really pleased to be here. So, this week I thought we'd sort of cover the topic of managing expectations, and who better uh, than I'm to have? Now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who better than to have uh, chief? Is it chief operating officer? It now? is chief yeah. operating officer. Um, and you know, as part of sort of before we do this interview, I always do a bit of background uh, research on our guests snooping, yeah, <laughs> yeah, snooping yeah. around. Um, and and the key thing that came to me was you started in the Sydney Opera House. Yeah, that was my first job. <laughs> yeah, and now you're running or being part of the you know executive team of a video game company. Mm. Tell us how you started and tell us how you got there. Uh, from the top, right. Um, I grew up in Newcastle and um, that's a bit of a mining town if you, if you know Newcastle at all. I'm not a bit of a mining guy as it turns out and <laughs> today is on the, wrong, on the right side of history so that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went to school in Wagga Wagga for my, my, my first undergraduate degree um, and that was to look at film and I, I did a degree in sound. Um, I was lucky enough to finish uni at the uh, beginning of uh, a recession in, mm -hmm. uh, in 1991. Mm -hmm. um, again, <laughs> practice for now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess within about a year or so, I was, I was doing gigs around Sydney. Um, I you know, knew a few people in bands and, and whatever. Um, landed a gig at the Sydney Opera House, um, and that went really well for me. Essentially, I think that's probably been a hallmark of most of my career, mm -hmm. as in starting at a big place, doing big things just to start with. I was there for about... 12 years mm -hmm. um, I guess I was uh, focusing on orchestra more than anything else opera and ballet mm -hmm. um, and dance and some theatre um, while I was there um, I was the I guess the head of sound also for a few years there I think from about 26 at 30 I was put in the role of about um, the acting director of theatre technical services so anything that went on a stage I had uh, I basically looked after it so that was hundreds of people yeah. um, got bored, I guess. Yeah. You know, I kind of figured at 30 I'm peaking out in my, my theatre career yeah. and uh, went into a, did a, a degree in business. So I have a master's degree in business um, that I got from Australian Graduate School of Management, still around, um, great school, um, and went corporate for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, the Opera House is like in many, I guess, creative industries, gives you lots of opportunities to do some really cool things. They allowed me to move over to the corporate side of the Opera House pretty quickly. I'd mm -hmm. you know, done, the, done my time. Um, so I took over the corporate performance um, there, starting with tourism and customer service. Um, and that's probably where I started my restructuring career, which I hated. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I moved out into the corporate world after the Opera House um, and went into working for a company called David Jones, mm -hmm. another small company to start my retail career yep. in. <laughs> um, and I was uh, working directly for, the, I guess, the, the head of um, the stores division. My job there was to basically make it more efficient um, operation, which really means basically looking to save as much money as I possibly can for the organisation, um, which I did for a year before moving into a company called uh, Media Monitors, now Icentia, mm -hmm. to do something similar to there. They were, they were looking for restructuring between their operations and their sales area, as well as a few mergers and acquisitions. I did that for about a year and a half. Um, again, looking to optimise. Again, the downside is um, I sacked a lot of people, I yes, guess you yep. could say, yep. uh, before moving to the Sydney International Airport as their TY manager, so essentially uh, head of security operations mm -hmm. for a Sydney International Airport. Mm -hmm. Why not start yeah, there, right? exactly. Um, to do much similar things, so to start to restructure that operation. Um, I think that those three gigs mm -hmm. um, really cured me of working in, in, a, in the corporate sense. Mm -hmm. I really came to miss working uh, in the... Uh, creative realm, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I really enjoy the creative process. I really enjoy working with creative people and solving those kind of problems. Um, my affinity with technology and you know using my head and uh, putting that into a, a creative um, outlet, which is part of my being. Mm -hmm. So I, I left the the airport, um, and this really cool gig came up. Right. So this this gig was uh, looking after a AAA game studio in Canberra. Mm -hmm. um, called 2K Australia. Now they had just released a game which I loved 
called Bioshock. Mm-hmm. Um, so they invited me down to have a chat with those guys, and I really, really had a great time having a chat with them. Um, it was kind of funny. I'd, I'd spent the last four years in a suit. Yep. Um, and as, as I was getting on the plane to head down to Canberra, and I was in Sydney at that time still, I was you know, called by the interviewer saying, don't wear a suit! Yeah. Like, so I was ripping <laughs> off my suit as I was you know, walking up to the plane and stuff and putting in a locker or something yeah. like that. Uh, it turned up. Had an interview, interview of about 12 people or so. Oh, wow. um, all, all really cool guys. Yeah. Um, at that time, anyway. Um, by that, I mean... I mean, a diversity, it's a, yeah. it's a funny thing yeah, in the yeah. industry. Anyway, um, they were just putting together the PS3 port mm-hmm. um, of uh, Bioshock, and at that time, you know, it's still one of my favourite games. Mm-hmm. Um, they liked me enough to offer me a role. So my first role in video games was the, I guess, the studio head of 2K Australia. Well, Continue <laughs> the theme, I guess, right? So, uh, you know, setting expectations, they're my expectations, right? Yeah. Um, Managed that, oh, like I was the head of that studio for about seven years or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, made Bioshock 2 with our peers in uh, California um, at the head office in Marin. Um, worked on Bioshock Infinite with uh, Ken Levine and his team over in Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, did another gig, I guess, well, worked with um, Gearbox on mm-hmm. Borderlands of a Sequel, and I think his terribly underrated game. It's probably yeah. the most under, oh, the most Australian game you're ever going to yeah, see. Yeah. Uh, the, the funny thing is, the writers were all, in, were all English, none of them were Australian. Oh, well. <laughs> um, but they were terribly Australianified by the time we got through with them. Yeah. <laughs> um, as well as, I guess, we did some work on another game, um, uh, an XCOM game. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, yeah, I guess, one of the, the three, three or the four games I made with that studio. Mm-hmm. Work with some terrific people. I guess, you know, I, I like to talk to about, about working with game developers. I truly believe they're probably one of some of the smartest people you'll ever meet in any workplace. Mm-hmm. I mean, statistically, it's something like, um, you know, two people in a room are 100 of geniuses, mm-hmm. uh, and then you walk into a game studio and it's probably a lot higher than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, very smart, very creative people. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've got to say that the problems that um, they were able to solve in, in a shortest amount of time um, was just quite incredible. Um, that came to an end. I, I think my, my boss, um, the head of 2K, Christoph, gave me a call and said, look, you know, we're, we're following up all our operations around the world and we want to get back to the US, um, have all our teams uh, work more collaborative together. There's a six and a half tower um, time zone difference between us and you. Mm-hmm. And look, you know, Christoph would give me a call sometimes and say, Tony, I want to have a chat with you. I'm like, yeah, we're chatting, Christoph. Like, yeah. <laughs> in my office. Like, cool, I'll yeah. get hold of the plans this yeah. afternoon and I'd be there in two days. Yeah. Um, and that's how we'd have to run things. So that ended. That was quite sad. Um, I think I really enjoyed working with those guys and girls. Um, didn't really leave until most of the people I worked with had jobs, which mm-hmm. I'm pretty proud of. Um, but uh, that left me looking for my next gig. Um, I think that was um, a really interesting time for me. I, I, you know, as I got a lot of offers to come and work with people, um, I was flown to a few places to have a more in-depth chats, and I, I guess I remember sitting in uh, Santa Monica thinking, do I really want to live here? You know, really? Mm-hmm. Do I want to come to the US and, and, and set up shop here? Um, my family had an opinion. The opinion was I really shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I didn't. I came home. Um, at that time, my, my partner wanted to come back to Adelaide. She's from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I came to Adelaide. Um, I was lucky, I guess. I worked with... Um, a, a gig came up about looking for foreign direct investment facilitation with the state government here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a, quite a few contacts in that, that area. Uh, so I started working with the team here and with the state government. Um, that was really cool. I mean, I, I'd never worked in government. I mean, the Opera House was government, but, you know, not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, people would get to playing with sound consoles like I used to for a living. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting. I got to meet a lot of really cool people. Um, I think I had the most expensive... Uh, PC in uh, government, uh, certainly the only uh, Oculus Rift in yeah, government. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was all the research. It was basically, I had to know my, my clients as well as I possibly could, yeah. so that's what it was about. Yeah. Sure, there was Beat Saber on a Friday afternoon every yeah. now and again, but that was really fun. Um, yeah, but you know, we managed to make some great changes. We, we introduced um, what's called a PDV, um, essentially mm-hmm. that's a rebate for visual effects, mm-hmm. which allowed uh, companies to start investing in South Australia. One of those companies was, was Technicolor, which uh, a deal I facilitated um, with um, you know, support from, from the state government. 
as well as a, probably a, a lesser-known one called Sony Interactive Entertainment. <laughs> um, and they're a bunch of cool guys. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just around the corner from here, right? And, yeah, uh, yeah. and, and the, the really interesting thing about that is uh, global network operations are all controlled from an office in Adelaide, cool. which I think is super cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and they're a bunch of great people. Um, but yeah, that one, that one was, was just quietly something I was looking to yeah. keep. Um, I guess I had my own strategy, really. I'm a games guy yeah. at the end of the day. So uh, I, I, my thinking was always if, if this is something that, uh, that we get for VFX, um, one day I'll be able to lobby for the same thing for games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, as it turns out, um, when I came to Adelaide, I, I pretty much was open to talking to the community in, in South Australia. Um, I thought I could offer quite a bit my insight of working with the people I've worked with over many years. Um, was open to anyone who wanted to use that knowledge. Uh, Phil Mays pretty much took me up on that. Um, I think I had a chat with Phil for about two years. You know, one, once every week yeah. or so, we'd have a chat, have a coffee. Um, I'd we'd share, you know, what we thought about things and how things would be run, or what, mm-hmm. what a great game studio could be. Little did I know that was really an interview. Yeah, <laughs> it was a two-year two interview. Years. interview. <laughs> um, and I think you know, Phil was just like, "It's, it's time now, Tony. You can, you can, you should come work with me." Like, yeah. Great. Yeah. So um, moved over to MK. Um, and in that time, I think it's been a pretty full-on time for MK. Um, I guess, funnily enough, the expectations lowered here. So that was my mm-hmm. first emotion, I mm-hmm. guess. I wasn't the head of something like I was, I was answering to Phil. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's good. I mean, I, I think I really enjoy working that way. And, and you know, anyone who knows Phil and I, we work pretty close. We call ourselves two sides of the same brain. Yeah. That's, that's how it works. <laughs> um, but yeah, in that time we took on some investment um, and that was really to start working or making our own IP. Mm-hmm. What we'd found or what Phil had found is um, you can start to build your own IP and you guys have you know, been doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's difficult if you're also doing client work when the, the client's paying you money, you shift all your resources over to there when it's on fire and then your mm-hmm. own work seems to suffer a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we took on an investment so we could focus directly on building some of our own IP. Um, that was that went really well, and essentially we learned a lot of lessons from from doing that. We we put a game in market called Wildlife last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the metrics are really good; they, they're fantastic. Um, we went with a, a US publisher, so we uh, a new publisher that was just establishing itself. Um, Grow Games; they're doing some really cool things right now, and they still have the game. We're about to start doing some more work on on wildlife there. But what that did teach us is how to put narrative onto an existing uh, mechanic. Mm-hmm. And this one mm-hmm. was a puzzle mechanic. It was mm-hmm. a um, bubble shooter. Bubble shooter, yeah. Um, really difficult mechanic yeah. to scale, <laughs> just, just, for, just as a tip. Um, that that really, thing, the thing for us for that was, was just developing technology around narrative. So the ability to have a narrative engine that can be used by basically writers and, mm-hmm. and artists to quickly be able to overlay over a, a game mechanic fairly seamlessly mm-hmm. um, was a really cool piece of, of tech we developed. Um, it got noticed by some people um, we, know, we were talking to, um, as it is, we were over in GDC in San Francisco, mm-hmm. talking to uh, uh, you know, everybody, really. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of business gets mm-hmm. done there. I think it's one of the tips I give to people if you want to work in games, be where the game makers are. Mm-hmm. Um, and this time it was GDC. Uh, we were speaking to a company called Yukon. Yukon are uh, based in Toronto and Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did the um, How to Be a Millionaire and, and Jeopardy games. Yep. They just, uh, they'd be looking to release a solitaire game. Um, there was a lot of success in, sol- in solitaire or as a genre, but uh, you'll see started seeing narrative being very popular. I mm-hmm. mean, essentially, Playricks have made it a, an art form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure why the butler is so <laughs> iconic, but he is. I'm sure I'm sure you're asking that, but I wouldn't know either. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. We, we had a lot of conversation with people who were thinking the same thing. I think we were having a chat to the the guys from um, oh, Lily's Garden, mm-hmm. um, who had who had just released um, that game, and they were very, they were very very confident in what Laura was doing, and they're they're great people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they were they're all always willing to share. I mean, you guys are the game community, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's willing to share their yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Um, so you know that those kind of relationships stick. Um, so we knew we were on the right track there. So um, you can saw that, saw what we could do with them. We had a chat, came back for E three again, another place you need to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, flew over to Canada. Uh, like what they were doing, uh, came back and now we're like 
what, 12 months later, we released uh, Avis Manor, mm-hmm. which is doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what, uh, I guess, that kind of investment allowed us to do, is mm-hmm. to start to invest in, in those things. Uh, we're still doing our work for higher gigs. Um, we worked, we did a, released a game two weeks ago. It's been a big couple of months for MK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, called, uh, what we call Whiskers, it's called Gabby Dolhow, based based on a DreamWorks IP um, screening on Netflix. We were dealing with the uh, game, the toy um, license of that particular IP, um, Spin Master, who were great partners. Uh Um, And yeah, I mean, essentially that'll be coming live, I guess, the series very, very soon, and the game's out there. Everyone's pretty happy with that. Um, We, because why not, we released a game called uh, Peter Rabbit, Run uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, the Philippines about two weeks ago. Yep. Um, again, that was a, a game that we um, same deal. So GDC same year. Yeah. Um, saw some guys that we know from Sony. Had a chat with them. They told us about um, a few things that were cooking. They thought that we might be good for that, given their expertise in the uh, children's market. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we kept an agreement and, and had that that uh, released as well. Um, Fortunately, that was affected by COVID. Yeah. A lot of our operations were affected by COVID, yeah. so if there was a tax to a film, essentially, that film is not coming out for some time. Oh, no. I think they re, they've, um, the latest is um, beginning of, of December is uh-huh. when that, that's uh-huh. coming out. But um, you know, it gave us some time to tweak, yeah. so that's all yeah. pretty cool. Um, and here we are. I think you would have seen the, the news last week that we are looking for a pre-IPO round of funding currently um, yep. and uh, you know we'll see what that leads to but essentially we're looking to list on the stock exchange um, as reported essentially yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's a whole new adventure yeah well it seems like you know you've got a very colorful past and, and and a lot of that past is is going in making things well growing things making them better making them more efficient and just getting people back on track, getting the companies back on track. What is it that you know? Is there a, is there a secret sauce to this to this success in terms of like when you go into these companies and you have to well, say straighten them out or get them to this path that's going to help them be more efficient and more creative? Um, yeah, I mean it's nice that you summed up my career yeah. so succinctly. <laughs> it took me like half an hour. So that, that's pretty cool. But I agree. Yeah, that's that's what I do. Yeah. I, I I would say I'm the best two I see you're ever going to have. Mm-hmm. And and the reason I, I'll say that is um, when I speak and work with um, you know executives, they have a very clear vision mm-hmm. of what they want to achieve. Um, Phil, for instance, had a very clear vision of what he wanted to do with Mighty Kingdom. Um, it's a young kind of, I guess, what can you say, industry in, mm-hmm. in real terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, uh, I mean, in creative industry specifically, I mean, we all got into this industry not to be managers, right? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. Yeah, exactly. uh, that, that didn't last very long. Yeah. Um, but, but really, we, we all want to create. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the business side of looking at how, how to do that well is not something we, we that comes naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, I, I kind of like to do the things that are hard, mm-hmm. um, and making things hum can be really hard work, you're right? Making video games is really hard work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of things you can do. I mean, essentially, you look at what's there already. What I've, I've found quite a lot is a lot of people don't like to have hard conversations. Um, yeah. That That's... that's pretty consistent in every place I've run. Um, conflict is something people avoid. As it turns out, I look at conflict as just a, a problem-solving thing. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's basically there's something we haven't or won't talk about, probably should talk about it if you yeah. want to get through it. You had that conversation with the, with the people, the group, or the company, or the division, um, as, it, as it well might be, um, and you pretty much find pretty quickly of, oh, yeah, we knew about that, we just didn't know how to broach that conversation. Yep, yep. And I guess once you, once you start that conversation, you're on your way. I mean, the thing that I would say is it's pretty clear, um, cut to, to make it work, is trust. Mm-hmm. Um, in any organisation, you've got to get trust very quickly uh, to be able to get things to stick. I mean, essentially, you're asking people to change what they've been doing for mm-hmm. anything between two and 20 years. Yeah. Um, that can be hard. Um, and you've got to convince people that, that it's the right thing to do. And mm-hmm. if they don't trust you, they won't do a thing. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, essentially, what I've always tried to do is put, put myself out there. I'm, yeah. I'm a pretty open person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and for me, that is just about saying I'm just as, as vulnerable as the next person to mm-hmm. something. And, you know, having uh, lost a job or two, mm-hmm. um, just from, you know, from a phone call or, or whatever, from um, 
I know what it's like to be yeah. on, the, on the receiving end. So, you know, my, my thing is really about um, understanding the vision. Mm -hmm. um, having a, like, you know, I, I've got a, a good background and a feel mm -hmm. for what that could be. And I think I've had a lot of experience in mm -hmm. applying that in whatever situation. Yeah. Um, so it really comes down to, and, and you know, that's why having a MBA helps, I guess, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, I understand the structures you need to put in place. I understand um, that everything you do, particularly as a leader, is going to have an effect on your on your workforce. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't walk in and give my opinion because my opinion means a lot. You mm -hmm. know, I, whether I whether I mean it to or not, right? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so. I, I'm always an intervention. I'm a walking intervention. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, and that's just how it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so be aware of that. So be aware of, of your mm -hmm. own presence within mm -hmm. um, an organisation. But yeah, get some trust. Be mm -hmm. open about the issues that, that are seeing there. Um, the other thing is I, I always tell people when they say, I, I don't know how to broach a subject. Oh, yeah. I have to talk to this person about this particular thing. Can you help me? Like, well... You're human. Yep. The person you speak to, they're also human. Mm -hmm. um, you're probably going to make some mistakes there. If you want me to be there, so you know you don't do anything against the law, mm -hmm. happy to be <laughs> <Yeah>. there. Um, <laughs> but because you, you know you're all human, you're, you're pretty much going to be okay. Right? Yeah. It, it really comes down to that. Yep. Yep. Is there a um, like a, you'd say creatives and I guess um, you know someone like the David Jones aspect, like yeah. different kinds of cloth. So is there like a management style that branches the two or do you uh, have to approach them differently completely differently yeah um it, it's kind of interesting i think when i when i did my my business degree um i brought creative thinking to the table right and, and we don't think the same as people we look at problems very different to, to people who are very who lived in or worked in very structured environments um we were very open we will apply different situations or something we've learnt in something completely ridiculously unrelated and go, well, I'll just apply that to this. Why not? Because <laughs> you can. Mm -hmm. um, but it always comes down to what's there. So if you're in a command and control structure, which is basically I'll tell you to do something and you'll do it unquestioningly, um, that requires a different leadership style. You know, Being open and um, providing more information and context might not be a thing. Mm -hmm. Certainly, as working in a um, the security environment, which is heavily regulated, where if, if something goes through onto a plane, it could cost lives. Mm -hmm. um, there is no time for negotiation. Yeah. I've just asked you to do something. You will do it very much, please. Right? Yeah. That, that that style. Um, again, I'm not that kind of guy. I'm, mm -hmm. I don't want to work in that environment mm -hmm. anymore. Um, when you're working in collaborative environments, being collaborative, um, being open, being you know, you know, I. Being open to criticism mm -hmm. and understanding criticism isn't really about you, it's about the idea. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to make the idea better, so let's focus on making the idea better, um, is a very different way of looking at stuff. Um, but I, I think it gets a better result. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, really, it, it is understand the environment you're in, you're in, what structures are in place, what culture is in place, and find something that's going to be effective um, and be ready to change it. So, you know, what I've found is if you're looking to change a culture or a structure or anything for part of a business, You've got to have the end state in mind, mm -hmm. and it's quite likely to be very different from the beginning state. Mm -hmm. um, so to be flexible in the style that you choose to, to, to make it authentic, mm -hmm. which is the tricky bit, because mm -hmm. um, you know being someone who's command and control and suddenly being open um, and uh, collaborative, that's a big gap to fill. Yep, so yep. make sure that you make that you're doing that in a way that's going to let people come along with you, and also show that you're making that change as well. Mm. And what have you found, what sort of structure have you found is helpful or is um, beneficial in those, in games? In, like, in, game, in game, yeah, right. Um, look, collaborative is a way to do things. It's, it's been interesting in COVID. Mm -hmm. um, I think I've been a strong believer in having you know, everyone in a room and, and, and throwing stuff around mm -hmm. and having the discussions or even you know at, sitting at a desk and, and trying stuff out in real time has been the way I've liked to work. Yeah. Um, COVID has changed that, right? Yeah. You know, we were, what, 75 people. We were up and running uh, three days after we left the office and we were making games as if nothing happened. Our productivity picked up, yeah. in yeah, fact, right. um, which was kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, collaborative is, is a way to go. I, I think what I've found, the, I mean, what I learned working with 2K mm -hmm. um, is high performance only comes when there's like heaps of trust within the room. Mm -hmm. um, when you're, I know, when that, and then... Having the ability to be able to express an idea, mm -hmm. um, whatever that idea is, understand it's not a bad idea, it's just an idea, um, and then being open for that idea to be criticised uh, was terribly powerful. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you think, you know, if you're working with 
veterans as as I did who had been in the in the, the games industry for between ten, twenty and ten and twenty years. Mm-hmm. Got a bit of experience. They might want to put something on the table. It's yeah. probably going to be good. Yep. Yeah. Um, and getting past the well, I'm not sure. You know, which we do, right? Yeah. Um, is going to only be to, to, like beneficial. Mm-hmm. It's been interesting though. I mean, mm-hmm. different personalities work differently, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had a a, a, a great um, level designer who was from Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, he's built, built like me, like, mm-hmm. you know, 110 kilos, six mm-hmm. foot two kind of kind of guy. Yep. Um, and he's very forceful in the way he puts stuff out there. But, you know, he's a big teddy bear, really. Yeah. <laughs> but what he found was people were listening to him. He was like, oh, my God, yeah. I'm, I'm afraid this guy's yeah. yelling at me. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. Hey, dude, just... just you know, take a knocks down or two. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh, oh no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm really <laughs> intimidating people. This is not cool. Yeah. And, you know, basically the, di- the difference was when he calmed, him, calmed it down and not got so passionate. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Mm-hmm. Never anger. It was mm-hmm. just passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot more was heard. A lot yeah. more was said. The, 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 the conversation was, was much more flowing. Yep, yep. But, you know, the, the wonderful thing was as... You know, what I used to call at some point um, before it got to that point was forced collaboration, right? Yep, yep, yep. Is you're getting everyone in a room, you're demanding, mm-hmm. like literally demanding mm-hmm. people put their yeah. views forward and, you know, have the expectation that they will have no fear in doing so. Yep, yep. That takes a lot of training, I guess, and yep. understanding and experimentation. But once you're able to do that as a team, the results are awesome. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. What what balances it of the structure of having everyone in a collaborative environment versus the personalities of, of everyone that clashes? Do you know what I mean? Like, is there a lot of that? A lot of it is it just managing conflict between that sort of stuff if you've got opposing personalities? I, I think it comes down to understanding more than anything else. I, yeah. I think I've, I've, I've talked about focusing the energy on the idea, right? Mm-hmm. If anyone were to then take a criticism of a, of a person, you know, mm-hmm. someone said to me, oh, you know, you're just a big white guy, what do you know? Um, that's a personal thing. It'd be mm-hmm. like, actually, it's, it's not appropriate to talk about those kind of yep, things yep. or those kind of, oh, that kind of comment. Mm-hmm. So we leave that at the door mm-hmm. um, because there's other... You know, approaches to do with that. We're talking HR and, and discipline, mm-hmm. um, and particularly you know now that those those comments are just unacceptable anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it really is about making sure that all the discussion is around the idea, right? Yep, yep. And and right and, and leave the personality at the door. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can have those passionate, loud discussions mm-hmm. about it, and you know, and they they can be you know fun and loud and interesting, yep. and yeah. They have a good result at yeah. the end of the day because yep. you know you're not leaving the, the, that that wonderful idea isn't still in that person's head when they've walked out the room with it. Yeah, you know, it's on the table. It's yeah. discussed. Probably even made better. Yeah, um, yep. because you've got that trust with mm-hmm. everyone, all the participants mm-hmm. in that, and that's that's building up. You know, a high performance team. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. And you know, when when you were at Two um, K, you were working. It's Two K Australia, but you're working under Two K sort of global. How how was that relationship and how, what were the expectations from 2K, you know, sort of global versus to 2K Australia? Yeah, well? uh, that's kind of interesting. Um, I was pretty lucky. I mean, look, there, there, there was a, a culture within in 2K, the, I guess the, some of the US studios that was very different to 2K Australia. Um, I was lucky in that uh, we've got some uh, industrial relation laws which are much better than those <laughs> in the US. Um, <laughs> Which allowed us to say no to a few things, like yep. you know, crunch is a thing, right? Yep. Yeah. I don't like crunch. No yep. one I know likes crunch. Yep. Um, we can say actually our laws are prohibitive in this perspective. We're not going to work people seven days a week, and we're not going to have them work them twelve days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I was able to stand up to people who were asking me to do that. Yep. Um, if we felt we needed to, we did. Yep. Um, the, the, I guess the other thing was they allowed me some. I guess I don't know. They let me do things that they wouldn't really approve of. Their expectation was, um, you know, and this is something I was, I'm very much believing is, mm-hmm. believe in the outcome rather than the, like the the hours you need to put in to get that outcome. I yep. don't like hours. Yep. Like crunch, as I said before, not a thing. Yep. Um, if you can get that outcome, there is no problem. Mm-hmm. So 2K pretty much allowed me to run the place how I felt like if I was getting the outcomes mm-hmm. and I always got the outcomes yep, yep, yep. so you know and, and that's working with a, with a team that, that shares that that philosophy right yep. it, it is my perspective was always if we get these things done go and 
do what you want to do with your life. You exactly. know, you've got a family, you've got your friends. You exactly. know, hey, go snowboarding. It's two hours away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We always did. Yeah. Um, and if you could do that, it didn't, didn't matter if you're doing it within, you know, four hours or eight hours. If it's four hours, that's on me. I'm not giving you enough exactly. problems to solve. Yeah, I need yeah. to give you more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if, if you were left early, that's fine, you know. Mm. And the other thing was, and I've always believed in this, is if you give people, I guess, the um, opportunity to... Um, live their lives and treat them as a whole human being when they when they come to tell them to work you know mm -hmm. everyone's going to do stuff mm -hmm. right they just do they'll repay you in like spades they just mm -hmm. will do anything for you really mm -hmm. you know and it's kind of like if you're not feeling good today go home something happened with your family go and support them mm -hmm. um they'll do they'll you know treat you in a work way that's that's just the same mm -hmm. so you really should do those things mm -hmm. and um you know i was lucky enough that as long as i was getting the outcomes for 2k everything was okay yeah was there a um change in style not not just because of the year difference of working at 2k in 2008 to being at mk in 2018 so there'd be the i guess a, ch a change just from the years but is there a change in working with a, a team of those different cultures where you got yeah, one totally. that's global yeah well no, i don't know about global maybe um i guess working with with 2k there was working with a lot of people who had worked in games for a long time mm. um you know, most of them were were guys, um, mm -hmm. just because uh, I guess that was the industry back then. I mean, I think the the, the figures are still less than twenty percent of all studios are non non male. Mm -hmm. um, working with MK is, has a different philosophy. Um, I think if we all know the history of, of games in Australia being that it, that uh, the great global financial crisis hit, um, those most of the, the game studios in Australia were working for international publishers. Um, whether that we work for higher license work, that money was no more, wasn't flowing anymore, the studios closed. Um, with that, all the senior devs either stopped working in games, mm -hmm. um, certainly a lot of senior devs who are now doing stuff for different industries, mm -hmm. um, or left the country, right? They just didn't left and, and worked um, elsewhere, and a lot of my peers are, are doing that. Mm -hmm. um, in MK, with that under understanding, and that is, you know, we're a studio, we're based in Adelaide, um, um, and the senior talent just isn't available, not, not just in Adelaide, which is probably a disadvantage because of the location not being on the East Coast, mm -hmm. but Australia, which is not having an advantage because of its location in the Pacific Ocean, away mm -hmm. from Europe and, and America. Mm -hmm. um, so we had a different philosophy, which was, if we can't buy the talent, we'll build the talent. Mm -hmm. um, so we do. We have a, a lot of investment in, I guess, a, a younger workforce which doesn't have the experience, and we'll take that experience from whatever we, we find it from. Um, we have a lot of people who work from in the VFX industry or have mm -hmm. VFX training. Uh, people who come from, I guess, local um, education institutions, whether that be AIE or TAFE or um, Quantum or the three unis they're about. Yeah. The, the, what we find is a talent. Um, coming into the games industry is awesome. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's just incredible. Mm -hmm. um, more people should take the chance on young people, as yeah. all I can say, yeah. um, because they've got so much to offer. Mm -hmm. um, so we look to, to build that talent. So I guess, I guess most of the workforce at, at MK would be under, under 20, 25-ish, I reckon the average age would probably be. Mm -hmm. um, I'm double that age, so um, <laughs> that, that's quite interesting for me. Uh, but but really, I mean, you've got to have that that um, that sensibility of going. Well, these we want the talent of the future. Mm -hmm. We've got an opportunity to build it here in Adelaide when we really really should. Um, we have lifted diversity specifically because it's a right. It's the, it's the best thing to do for a business. You better better outcomes for that. Mm -hmm. We measure that. So you know, I'm, I'm proud to say that uh, MK is uh, 55 uh, male and 45 percent non male. Mm -hmm. um, it's a start, right? Fantastic. It's a, it's a yeah, start. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, uh, the diversity that we're look, looking for isn't just the, the male, female. They're, they're the ones that we can measure officially, mm -hmm. officially, essentially. Um, but it's all about looking at for diversity in other areas as mm -hmm. well. You know, it's it's great that we've got that. But if they all went to the same school, yeah, you're not yeah, going to get a diversity exactly. of ideas there, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm um, looking for different backgrounds. Um, you know, different cultures, whatever we can can to, to really promote that, which is all very 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 different from from working with 2k um and you know different and just as fulfilling i mm -hmm. guess you'd have mm -hmm. to say 
um, it's been fun, I guess, working in a, in a place that's so single-mindedly growth-focused. Mm. Um, it wasn't difficulty difficult to get on um, Phil's vision of I want why can't the next EA be from Adelaide? I'm like yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's do that. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, um, and and finding a way to to do that. Like, how do we access capital markets in terms to be able to find the capital to to grow MK? Mm -hmm. um, first, that was is, is making a successful, sustainable business. Mm -hmm. uh, then looking for you know, venture capital to, to promote the next part of our growth, which is into original content. Mm -hmm. And then going, actually, we're really serious about this. Let's let's list and have access to um, a large, larger capital market um, and accelerate that growth even further. So you know, it's it's been a great ride, mm -hmm. um, a different philosophy, and certainly a different um, kind of studio. Uh, makeup in terms of people and skills levels, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's also been really interesting. I mm -hmm. mean, mm -hmm. I, I think when I heard imposter syndrome mentioned, it was about games industry, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like, oh yeah, that, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and even for people working in two K, it was like, hey, you guys, you made all the Bioshocks, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you don't, don't think you haven't done anything cool yeah. there? And yeah. they get it. Here, it's like we've got programmers who have been making games for, you know, 7, to, you know, 10, 15 years, and it's like you've been doing this for a while. Being a successful game developer, having a, a career in game development in Adelaide, mm. that's awesome, right? Yeah. That, that, how, do you, how do you do that? Exactly. You know, that, that is that's, that's a, a killer thing to be able to, yeah. be able to say. Yeah. Um, so really, you know, finding out or talking to people and, and, and telling them the skill levels they have mm. are, are quite huge, mm -hmm. you know. I think it's wonderful that we have the access to, to people who want to have a go. I mean, one of the things about to, about working with MK um, is we really don't want to tell people what to do. We want them mm -hmm. to work out where they best apply their skill set and act, where they can add value and go for it, right? Mm -hmm. We'll tell them if they're not going in the right direction, that that's fine. But if they can do something they really want to, um, well, everyone gets a benefit, right? Mm -hmm. So we've seen... Um, graduates who become art directors of, of products mm -hmm. and we look at the products that they're making or what they're able to do in in, in game and it's just astounding i mean mm -hmm. I, I, i'm i'm a tad biased but you know <laughs> I, I think that uh um ava's manor is is a you know, beautiful game and you look at it and you just think yeah and i know the guy who did this he's been in the games industry for less than three years right mm -hmm. yeah and that that's a wonderful thing to be able mm -hmm. to say and you know when it gets to the point where people are going to take their careers elsewhere and to be part of that, to have said, I work with that person when mm -hmm. they just started and I, you know, and I helped them shape to what they wanted to be, that feels pretty damn good. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you're getting graduates and that sort of stuff. You're getting people who are, who are extremely young and, I mean, you know, you can't, that's the thing, you can't expect them to have all this experience. Totally. Exactly. And so is that the sort of philosophy of just let them let them grow into... You know that is that the approach that um, you find is 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 suiting MK and and helping uh, get people who aren't that experienced to that level that will match someone who's been in there for ten years or something. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, yeah. some people will do it faster. I mean, yeah. I, 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 ten years is just a, a benchmark. You could be as good as a ten-year veteran in two years if yeah. you've got you know immense and incredible talent. Yeah, yeah. That happens yeah. a lot, as it turns out. Yeah. Um, but to be able to provide some direction, you know. I've worked with people or myself, I've probably made all those problems, all those issues, mm -hmm. all those mistakes, I've had them all. Mm -hmm. um, I'm happy to give my advice and say, yeah, you could do that. Yeah, This is probably going to happen. You could try this over here, but now you've got a choice. You can yeah. do it this way or the other way or whatever way it is. Um, and that that's kind of cool to be able to, to work with. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, realistically, I think one of the wonderful things about games is... Um, it changes a lot, right? Mm -hmm. I think in the last two years, there's been about five new platforms mm -hmm. like announced where we're dealing, and we know where it's all going to end. Yeah. It's, it's all going to be multi-platform subscription, probably streaming, right? Mm. Yep. But that, yeah. that's the end point. Um, With Grand Theft Auto Five being on all of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely, right? <laughs> it, 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 it has to be. Yeah. And, and at that fidelity level too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and have, have a chat to the guys down at Sony on the corner here. <laughs> exactly. They, they reckon it's possible. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think when I was, I've had a look at Stadia for the first time, I was sceptical. Mm. You know, I'd sat mm -hmm. and I'd played um, Odyssey um, mm -hmm. in San Francisco and it's like, hmm, seems to be working. There's yeah. a bit, you know, there's a, a bit of, a few little issues here and I hadn't had a chat to, to Ben over at, at Sony. He was like, oh no, 
it's it's well and truly tested. This is the thing. It's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And you've got Game Pass as well. You got totally. Expl- you know, now we just yeah. need an, an internet in Australia. Exactly. That's going to work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it'll be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. Mighty Kingdom is like a. It's really good for you know developers like Costa and I of the public awareness front because the bigger it gets the more it becomes commonplace that there's a game development studio in Adelaide that game development's even a thing that it's not just a thing that happens for sure for sure like so we benefit greatly um, from that but then you get uh, the talent who would never even think of going into games like I got a mate who's like the best writer I would ever know works in a supermarket now he's getting the opportunity to go into games and stuff like that yeah yeah it's definitely a, a strength from having that young workforce. And oh, like just having a like for me, uh, games in Australia is a funny thing, right? We're very good at it. Game, like Australians are very, they have the, they have the talent here that that's second to none globally. They they really are. Um, the difficulty is finding the industry to do it. And, and like at, at its low point, games had seven hundred and fifty people employed Australia wide. Now it has about two and a half thousand. That's that. That's the change that's happened in the last ten years or mm-hmm. so. So it's kind of doubled. It was two and a half thousand before it went down to seven hundred and fifty. So you know we're back to where it is. Um, if you look at other comparable industries um, globally, I uh, think in in Canada, which is my favourite, um, at, at in in nine or in two thousand, we both had around about two thousand people in the gaming industry. They added rebates. They've now got uh, 20,000 houses, yeah. now two and a half. Yeah. Hey, that's how you build an industry, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but but I, I, th- I think you're right, you know, finding that talent but is, is critical, being able to have an outlet to, to, to focus it on and being in games, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a reputation of being fairly blasé. I, I don't think we are. Um, I, I'm terribly commercially focused. Mm-hmm. Um, but giving those people the you know, opportunity to, to work in making wonderful things mm-hmm. um, and then showing them how to commercialize that and everyone gets a benefit of that uh, with, a, with a growth focus and, and making you know, games a thing in Australia is, is incredible um, you know I still get people asking so how big is your market in Adelaide and it's like what? the games are like it's an, it's an, like an industry or a business that's, that's born global yeah. right you, you put stuff on you yep. can put stuff on a global market like that, yeah. Um, so I can give you statistics about yeah. Australia. I mean, yeah. Two and four percent is, yeah. is, is the play we're playing with. Sixty-five percent is the US. Yeah. Why am I focusing on Australia? Why yeah. am I focusing on exactly. the sixty-five percent of my customers who are yeah. here? Yeah, um, yeah um, it's, it's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, having to explain games to to people a lot, as mm-hmm. it turns out, um, and they they don't get how big it is. You know, it's it's, it's bigger than. Film and music put together on, mm-hmm. a, on a unit basis. Um, it, it's a huge thing. I mean, I think COVID's shown people that games is, you know, not just something that, you know, when I was growing up, it was, yeah, I was the 16-year-old yeah. guy with my PC playing. You know, Dude. Totally, man. <laughs> um, and I was probably the 35-year-old guy still doing yeah. that, <laughs> as, as it turns out. Um but it's not the case anymore, yeah, right? We've yeah. got different platforms. It's yeah, people yeah. want to want to play them. They play it with their friends. You know, yeah. I play lots of games mm-hmm. with you know, multiplayer or um, you know, having chats or whatever. And from whatever age that is, that's from you know, the digital natives of, of my children who just like, yeah, we start playing mm-hmm. together from mm-hmm. the time we can start using a, a you know, any any kind yeah. of platform. Yeah, um, and that's just how things are now. I mean, it is the platform of the future concerts are now in games exactly this is it is not a new thing anymore yeah. there's been several happening this year i would say it's just going to be the platform yeah. you know i was having a chat with my um my sister yeah my sister works in parliament house uh-huh. um and she has, happens to work in it and i was having well i was on a, a podcast i think it was a podcast no um gcap um, oh yeah oh yeah with one of the politicians there and he said he was talking about getting a, a twitch thing so i was like Okay, this is going to be a thing. Yeah, yeah. Twitch in Parliament. I like it. This is great. That's well, a good first step. Yeah. AOC just did it over in the states. Yeah, totally. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, right. You know, and that's that's the kind of thing. And and I think you know AOC doing it. Um, and I was having a chat to my 15 year old daughter who was playing that with her friends as, mm-hmm. as well. It's just kind of like, no, this is not just a an age group or demographic. This is something that can bring people of all demographics to, together to, to some extent. It's yeah. a shift. It's a significant oh, it's shift. Yeah, it's huge. 
crazy. I mean, it's it's cool to watch. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. from, from someone like me, as I was saying before, you know, I, I come from being a sound engineer working with tape. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to what's what's a what's a what's a disc? What's a yeah. DVD? What, yeah. what's, what's that about? That's just a weird thing, you know. It it is. We're playing on our um, yeah. on our console while we're waiting for something to load. Yeah. We've got our phone we're looking at here, probably yeah. watching a YouTube video of what the thing we're about to yeah, play yeah, is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. If we're not watching another, he'll have another device that's yeah. doing something similar. I yeah. mean, that's that's just how things are. Exactly. But it's all around games. Yeah, yeah. So with your um, obviously got you started in the creative, and then you know you've come back to the creative and stuff like that in these technical roles. What's your creative outlet? that you do personally like do you do you feel like you need a creative outlet at home or ah oh, kind of i mean i deliberately stopped listening to music um because as a professional you kind of like um want to take everything to pieces yeah <laughs> um games is like that too like you know I, I can't play a game without wanting to think about the mechanics or how the money how it's monetized and what the economy is like um or you know how do they optimize that that looks pretty cool yeah. um you know th that kind of stuff so games isn't isn't the fun thing as it used to be it sounds like it's, it's, the fun is getting drained out of it <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you know, I'm, I'm also like, i can remember seeing star wars in 1977 right yeah, as yeah, a yeah. seven-year-old boy and, uh, you know, buying Star Wars Squadrons is a pretty damn cool thing mm -hmm. for oh. me to sit down <laughs> yeah. and play with, you know, on my, my PS4 with a pair of, um, you know, VR goggles on. Mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, it's still got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's still a thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, creatively, really, I don't like to, um, you know, my, my composer friends and my sound engineers don't like me too much when I can come and talk to them in the language <laughs> that they're supposed to. I'm yeah. a business guy, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't uh, do that kind of yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, but really, look, my creative outlet is working with creative people, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think what I can do uh, is really help people to express themselves in a way that's going to benefit themselves and the companies I work with. Um, applying their creative mindset to a business thinking um, is pretty easy if you want to make that, mm -hmm. that, that, that leap. Um, I don't want to be putting behind a sound console anymore. That's probably not a good idea for anybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but to apply the same the same thinking to everyone, really, mm -hmm. you know, here, here here's how to approach a problem. It's that's not the step by step. You might want to go left. You might go you know run away down around a corner or something down a rabbit hole. Then come out to solve the problem. Might be the best way to do it. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of use that as my creative outlet, really. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I enjoy it. I just love yeah. being in, in the in the places where yeah. everyone has that ideal. They want to work together, make something brand new and original, hasn't been done before, yeah. a problem that hasn't been solved. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how I how I think of, of of being a creative and critical thinker. You mm -hmm. know, it, it's interesting. My my partner um, is a former dancer, and she teaches uh, at a university to lecture in education. and And her biggest thing is when she's an arts lecturer. Um, is creativity and critical, critical thinking. Mm -hmm. Like, who knew? Everyone should have that. It's a real thing yeah. now, right? Sit next to STEM is a thing. And like, well, we've been existing in, in industry. Which, exactly. That's all we've ever done. Yeah. When someone says, oh, this new thing, it's like, well, doesn't everyone think like that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure, fine. Yeah. Well, that's a skill that you learn being a ga like in games. It's, yeah. it's You're always creatively thinking to solve problems to, even from a management perspective down to the the art style and that sort of stuff. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. And which is, I find it funny when people talk about design thinking or critical creative thinking. It's, mm. there's something else. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Branding, yeah, design yeah. thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. totally. Yeah, yeah. And we live in the time where now it's a commodity to yeah. think creatively. <laughs> not, it's not a hint like, oh, that's this guy. It's yeah, yeah, not, totally, yeah. right? <laughs> not, yeah, absolutely. Well, if, if, if there was uh, one piece of advice that you could give to people who are, you know, say moving into management positions or getting into the games industry from that perspective, from a, from a business perspective, what, what would it be? Um, look, to keep thinking like that. I mean, yeah. essentially it, it is, it's a, an absolute skill set to, to have and to keep hold of. Mm -hmm. um, being able to apply a, a different way of thinking about something. I mean, I might joke about the creative critical thinking thing, mm -hmm. but it, it's, a, it's a full on skill to have. Mm -hmm. um, people call it out-of-the-box thinking, I just call it normal. Right? <laughs> yeah. it, it is really, you know, don't lose that playful side of, of, your, of, of your thinking. You know, um, I think when we look at of many uh, facets of how the education system is, is, it's really about, look, this is how you need to think. 
-hmm. rebel against that absolutely um it's just a problem to solve in one way and the best way to solve it is the one that you can get through the easiest quickest um with the best result um don't be afraid to ask somebody um for their opinion Mm -hmm. is is another thing Mm -hmm. i have a a thing of like don't die wondering right Mm -hmm. um if i didn't ask the question i didn't ask for the thing i needed um, I might never have got it, or mm-hmm. I've not have got that advice. I wouldn't have been able to move faster as fast as I possibly could. Um, and what I've, when I speak to people about it, um, the thing about asking is people want to help you. I mean, they really want you to succeed everywhere. They want you to succeed. Mm-hmm. I don't think I know many people who will, who will go around saying, "I clearly want you to fail." Yeah. Right. Um, so they're happy to provide the advice. They're happy to, to provide an input. They're happy to provide the. Um, I don't know the the encouragement. It's there, so don't keep stuff inside. Mm-hmm. Put it out there. Get your opinion. Uh, get an get an opinion. Get get people to to input, mm-hmm. um, and and make things better. Like I love putting an idea yeah. out there, having it thrown, yeah. uh, torn to pieces. Cause yeah, like, cool. Here's my stake in the ground. <laughs> it's there. Now it's something else over here, yeah. and, and it would never have happened if that yeah. didn't happen. You know? Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thank you for coming on. It's been a Thank great you. chat. Cool. Well, I hope I've managed your expectations somewhat. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> for sure. Started, I don't for know sure. I <laughs> for sure. I mean, I think in every in every yeah. aspect, yeah. yeah. The question we always ask you to finish up is, um, like, where you, like, uh, how Adelaide's looking, like, mm. you know, on, yeah, like, Adelaide looking? globally. And I guess, in your case with MK, it's a good sign that with <laughs> things happening as in, like, MK is still here, so we're doing good. Ah, uh, look, I, I, I think it's 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 look, MK is just part of the story of Adelaide, really. Mm. Um, I've been coming to Adelaide for about twenty years or so. Um, I've only lived here for the last five. It's always been a creative place. I mean, I think the the you know, Mad March has been a wonderful time here forever. Um, when I when I came here, was working with government. My thing was, I, I want to see artists on every corner. I want them seeing there all the time. Um, that was something I want to see. I think the the growth of this place and, it, and it's it's a hidden gem. I mean, the amount of people who I've talked to who have come to South Australia for a creative career in visual effects or games or whatever that is, and and gone, wow! Like people don't know about this place. You know, I, I'm a surfer. Like I, I can go and you know up the coast. I'll I'll be surfing and I have to drive through a vineyard to get home. It's like yeah, that's yeah. not a bad place to live, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, and then certainly, you know, to those wide open spaces, it's, it's a small, it's not, it's not even a small town, right? Mm. It's, it's a medium-sized city. Mm. Europe's full of cities like Adelaide. Mm. They, they, mm. It really is. Um, it's just a wonderful place to be. And I think it's a collaborative place. And I think um, you know, being an, an Australian town, to some extent, we can all have a chat to one. I mean, mm. you guys gave me a call. I, yeah. you know, I've met you a few yeah. times. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Um, anyone can do that in Adelaide. It's, it's kind of a thing, right? I keep on yeah. being told if you bump into someone, they'll know someone who yep. maybe they're related. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, exactly. a, it's, it's that kind of thing. Exactly. But it's, it's also it's a good way to work, yeah. particularly in collaborative environments. Mm-hmm. And collaborative environments really suit the creative process. Mm-hmm. So it's a great place Absolutely. to be. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Cool. Well, I'm keen to keep seeing how MK's doing and yeah. Yeah, me too. break those barriers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it. Cheers, guys. It's been Thank really you. a pleasure talking to you. Cheers. Thank, Thank you. you. Cool. Cheers.